Hello and welcome to the Broadway Binge Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Hannah. And I'm Todd Buonapane. <laughs> we are going to tell you the history of American musical theater by reviewing and ranking all of the most important musicals from Showboat to today. Uh, today we'll be talking about Guys and Dolls, opened in 1948 with music and lyrics by Frank Lesser, book by Joe Swirling and A. Burroughs. And it's based on short stories by Damon Runyon. Uh, so uh, you might have heard at the beginning, you might have noticed, but we have a third person today. Um, you know him from 30 Rock and various Broadway shows. Uh, his name is Todd Bonapane. Hello, Todd. Hi, guys. Hi, Todd. I've also been in Guys and Dolls six times. Six times. So no six one, times. No one knows it better than me. Not one person. Find us someone, and we'll put them on the podcast next, and we'll also talk about Guys and Dolls. Right, so... Um, Tell us about your uh, guys and dolls. Like, what roles have you played? In yes. This? Well, let's be honest. I've always been nicely. Mm-hmm. I always rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Although there was a summer in Maine mm-hmm. at a summer stock where I was cast as Nathan, but sang "Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat" anyway because they, they didn't hire a tenor to play nicely. <laughs> so the dialogue went like this. Well, now hear testimony from Brother Nicely Nicely Johnson. He said, how about you? And I said, okay. Oh. And then I said, <laughs> it was a real strong rewrite. That's okay. nice. <laughs> That's yeah, good. it feels clear. Clear storytelling. Mm-hmm. Okay, is, has everyone been different? Has your perspective on the musical changed over the six times you've done it? Uh, yeah, I mean, luckily my last two were with uh, Josh Rhodes, directing mm-hmm. and choreographing, who... You may know from choreographing Bright Star and Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And he is a genius. And we really dug into, into the Damon Runyon stories. And uh, he, always, he just challenged me to create more. Because, you know, Nicely and Benny are kind of just Nathan's assistants. Right. Um, with some great songs. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I had a real journey and a real through line with it. And he, he believes in don't break the show. It's really great. Don't wreck it. Mm-hmm. Let's honor it and expand on it. And those experiences were great. I also, in the most recent Old Globe, had the best Benny South Street ever, which cool. just made every night so fun. Oh, who was your Benny South Street? His name is Matt Bauman. Matt Bauman. Matt Bauman. Bauman. <laughs> Matt Bauman. Yeah, okay. Good Jewish boy. <laughs> Good Jewish boy. <laughs> that rocks. All right, that's a little bit. We'll come back. No. We'll come back. All right, to we'll this. come back. Yes. Maybe do we want to uh, start start with some of the, that history we know and love you for? Yes, I mean, <laughs> the history was like really in the first couple episodes. The history was like we sort of had to catch everyone real... up to speed. But now at this point, it's kind of like some producers wanted to make a musical <laughs> about these Damon Runyon short. So Damon Runyon wrote short stories. It was like in the 1920s, 1930s about Times Square gangsters because back then, like. You, there were actual gangsters on Times Square. It wasn't just like Elmo. Right. Okay. Um, Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were very, they're non-violent gangsters. No, they're very sweet. Yeah. yeah, they're all like swindlers. Yeah. yeah, the only violent one is the Chicago one. Right. Yeah. I, I'm from Chicago, and I, I was I was very ashamed. But I mean, <laughs> that was what we were known. We used to be known for gangsters. Then we became known for Michael Jordan, and right. now we're known for gangsters again. Yeah, yeah that's true. So yeah, big circle of life for Chicago. But anyway. Um, yeah. So some producers decided they wanted to do it. Uh, Frank Lesser had been writing. Uh, songs for Hollywood. There were some hits, nothing I'd ever heard of. I like listened to a couple, so we're not going to waste your time, uh, loyal audience. But um, yes, they got him, and then they had Joe Swirling write the book, and I guess the book was really bad. It just didn't seem like it was going to be a hit show, so they hired a Burroughs to totally rewrite the book from scratch. And you wouldn't know it because this seems like such an integrated show, but actually the songs were written for a basically totally different plot and then Abe Burroughs rewrote a plot 
to sort of lead into the songs, kind of like the old-timey Cole Porter shows where, you know, there'd be the songs, they just make up a plot to try to justify these songs, but it didn't work as well. This, they did it, and it worked really well. I mean, we're in the post-Oklahoma time here, so you have to have an integrated show. And uh, Frank Lesser and Abe Burroughs just put together this, this like, really well-seemingly integrated musical comedy. You stole my talking point. I was going to bring the factoid that it was... Um opposite order but uh yeah. jeremy's already explained it so well and do you know who a burrow son is no the famous tv sitcom director james burrows who learned a lot of what he learned was about he directs like olive will and grace he directs like oh. i think from like mary tyler moore on but he um uh so a burrows used to during previews walk upstage not even be in the audience walk upstage and listen to the rhythm of the lines and that's how he would rewrite the show. Mm-hmm. And James always says that he learned all about comedy from his father. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. Was, I imagine Just that was yeah. very distracting to be walking upstage. <laughs> I know, I don't think equity would allow it now, but... <laughs> <laughs> Terrible habit. But probably very effective. Not like right. on stage, like behind the curtain. Behind the curtain, okay, like behind, okay. Do you think he's working on the new Will and... Have you seen the new Will and Grace? Is that... Yeah, it's fun. I want to watch it. I've seen yeah. the ads. I, I enjoy it a lot. I, I saw one one night at a gay bar and I mm-hmm. was literally crying. Uh, um, but that's... It's my it's my stuff. I grew up on that great, stuff. It's yeah. Yeah, it's cheesy, but I grew up on it. But it's yeah. perfect. All right, so we've heard a little bit of history, guys and dolls. Um, I wonder, Todd, if you have any other factoids you want to share. I just you know figured, more than we do. You yeah. know more than we well, do. Well, the, it, the Runyon stories, Damon Runyon stories were the, like one of the most famous things in that time. And, and l- listening to the, your other podcasts, um, there were no original musicals. Everything mm-hmm. was based on something. And right. even today, most musicals are based on something. Something like Dear Evan Hansen is very rare because musicals are so hard to write that you want to base it on something that already exists. Right. Um, so they picked two of the Guys and Dolls stories to base the plot on. Meanwhile, I know, like, Nicely mm-hmm. is a character in the Damon Runyon stories, but not in those stories. So they, they pulled characters from all of the different stories, but it's, it was a little bit like Annie. When Annie came out, this was like a comic strip character that everybody knew. The audience of, the, of that time came in knowing who most of these characters were. So... Harry the horse enters, and everyone's like, "That's a Harry the oh, horse," and they get, which is mm-hmm. funny because it was written for that audience, and I think it's shocking that it still holds up so well today because we don't get any of that it's referential stuff. It's like Shakespeare. That's a terrible comparison. It's not no, a bad comparison. no, it's not a bad comparison because no. I mean, Shakespeare's like the definitive like English playwright of that era, and this is sort of. Like, yeah, she's huge in the show. <laughs> Good. She's, like, she's been like eight Romeo and Juliet. Uh, that's not. Uh, you're not. Let's not lie. Four, four Romeo and Juliet. Um, I'm. Yeah. You, you've, done it, you've done it as many times as Todd has done, guys. And um, <laughs> that's great. Uh, I think I measure all things against that. Metric. Um. Yeah. Like I, I. I mean, people say this is sort of like the definitive American musical comedy. I'm not inclined to argue with that. Yeah. It, it holds up shockingly well. Well, maybe, like, why? Why do we think it is has held up so well? Like, the question is, we're able to keep coming back to it, even though um, some of the references are specific and outdated. I mean, I have theories, but I'd love to hear yours. Well, I, I, think, I think that, like, um, you know, listening to you guys talk about Oklahoma, I was listening to their <gasps> Oklahoma podcast while I was folding yeah. my laundry last night. <laughs> That's fun. Um, and sometimes arguing. But um, <laughs> We did. We didn't. We didn't a lot of things I think in Oklahoma is that true I don't remember that was so many weeks ago I just remember going Oklahoma I just like all or nothing sorry guys (laughs) oh Uh, oh oh, yeah I'm sorry can't be now and then (laughs) can't be in between (laughs) (laughs) we still like 
surprise each other just like on a daily basis like by singing that song yeah it's gotten yeah. into your soul and you love it now that's what happened it's true it, I actually it's now my favorite song in Oklahoma I can't believe Update. this yeah. I can't believe this transformation but I think that Guys and Dolls is actually kind of a complicated plot for a musical mm-hmm. and and in a time when we we had the central couple and the secondary couple mm-hmm. we kind of don't have a difference here yeah we kind of have the serious couple and the comedy couple, but then the serious couple gets funny at the end of Act One, and then the funny couple gets a little sad, and it's it all blends together, and there's just so much plot happening, yeah. and everybody is affecting each other's plots, and it's kind of extraordinary that this was put together in that way. I mean, like you said, Oklahoma's kind of a very simple story, told beautifully and integrated so well, and that was 1943, Right, and this is 1950. Yeah. So in seven years, the musicals already moved forward so much. But also, this one, I think it's it titled itself a musical fable, mm-hmm. but it is a comedy. Yeah, like it's out to give you a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it does. Um, I mean, like that's when you when you sort of read old things, like whether it's Shakespeare or, you know, Gil- <laughs> or, Gil- or Gilbert and Sullivan, or even things as recent as this, which might seem old to a lot of the audience. Um, humor really doesn't change. No, it's fun. Like it's you, really you think fun. things are going to be less funny in the past, but that's not true. Like unless they're making references to things you don't know the references to, like what's funny then is still funny now. The yeah. People being put in these weird situations, and we were we were just watching um, the Titus Burgess version of Sound You Rock in the Boat, mm-hmm. um, which actually I never realized was Titus Burgess. Um, but um, they put him in that unfortunate fat suit. Uh, yeah, yeah, unnecessary. And he's so good, and it's just is such a weird yeah, look. Yeah, oh, a strange look, but um, pulled it off with the handheld mic at the Tonys. Oh um, yes, legend. Um, but you know, there's just um, that nun starts spanking herself, and that was just uh, a funny <laughs> moment. <laughs> I wouldn't I base know. your opinions on that production. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't know. I let's get into that. Let's get very into that. talented people, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like an unfortunate production. Yeah, that's what we were just discussing. I yeah, did, I, I did not. I don't. See it. I don't think Lorelai Gilmore was the right choice for Adelaide. <sighs> my, one of my best friends, Steve Rosen, was Benny, and <laughs> as people have said, when you walk out of Guys and Dolls saying, well, Benny was great, <laughs> oh. then you have a problem. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> not an insult to Steve. Yeah, I just mentioned, but I sort of just like dropped, so there was a revival in 2009 of Guys and Dolls, which was very poorly received, um, <laughs> and it had uh, Lauren Graham from the Gilmore Girls uh, play at Adelaide, <laughs> Um, so this will be our first musical clip. Unfortunately, we're not playing like a better version, but here is uh, her singing um, Adelaide's Lament. I don't think she, I don't like how she hits her R's. All right, here she goes. I mean, but that's also proof. We watched a little video. You just heard it. Yeah. But uh, it's proof that TV acting and stage acting are really different because she's wonderful on television. I love Parenthood. Mm-hmm. But if you guys could see that, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. And that's not her fault. No. I wouldn't, I mean, they cast her in something she maybe wasn't qualified to do. Yeah. yeah. I also hate her in Gilmore Girls. Oh, though. hot Come take! On! Hot yeah. take! Hot take from I love Gilmore Girls. I, I was just, also I've also been on the Gilmore Guys podcast. If you've ever heard that, yes, you've been on Gilmore Guys. I'm pretty famous in the podcast world. Wait, 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 <laughs> everyone. You, you know, Broadway Bench has made it when we're sharing guests with the Gilmore. Guys. That's it. You heard it here. 
just like steal other guests from Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, guys, or maybe. we should get the Gilmore guys. Maybe we get the well, Gilmore they're in guys. LA. Yeah, it's all it's right. hard enough to Skype you in. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, all right. Future yeah. plots, plots. Yeah. We're laying plots. If you're gonna um, deal with a uh, revival of Guys and Dolls, great. Yeah. You need mm-hmm. to deal with the 1992 mm-hmm. Faith Prince, Nathan Lane. Peter Gallagher, Josie Guzman. Yeah, yes. that feels like the definitive. Yeah, that I mean, that was a big hit, mm-hmm. and uh, it ran for a long time, and uh, kind of really honored the show. The only my only quibble with that is one that uh, Walter Bobby, who is a great nicely, is skinny, and there's mm-hmm. fat jokes in the show, so sure. we only get so many parts. So mm-hmm. give us the parts. <laughs> um, but um, also that they cut Runyon Land down to a minute. Ooh, and so I love the, that song. there's an opening sequence that's almost a ballet. There's a few ballets in the show, and just proof that the way they used to hire shows then, uh, hire ensembles then were singers and dancers. Right. So you have like the crapshooters dance for the dancers, and then you have oldest established for the singers. They were just different people, but they cut down Runyonland to a minute, and it can be like a good six, seven minute ballet. Yeah. Should we listen to Runyonland? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. I queued up to where they start singing. I just really like this. this is oh, like this is Fugue for Tin Horns. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's different. Well, what's Runyon? What are you talking about? Runyon Land is like the prologue ballet dance that oh. goes into Fugue for Tin Horns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, is this both? Is this listen. both? I mean, maybe? it's the whole thing. It's all in one. It's supposed to kind of introduce you to the world of Runyon. Yeah. Well, so will. if you watch the movie, and so this isn't is which good I for... don't suggest either. <laughs> oh, I, I liked it. So the thing is, okay, I've never I seen. I have questions. I don't I have think. Questions. I don't think Hannah. I, I guess you saw a high school version. I've never seen it on stage. Yeah. So my that. entire experience with Guys and Dolls is the soundtrack and the movie, and I like the movie. Maybe because I don't know any better, mm-hmm. but I like the movie. I saw a high school production. I've listened to the soundtrack quite a bit. Um, I've seen some clips. We were just watching a clip of Marlon Brando. My hot take is: I think it's pretty rough. Yeah. I think it's very rough. I think it's, uh, I was uncomfortable. Well, Frank Lesser was really miserable during the film mm-hmm. because Frank Sinatra, he didn't like the way Frank Sinatra was playing Nathan Detroit. Yeah. Marlon Brando couldn't sing. There's a, there used to be something called Forbidden Hollywood, which was a spinoff from Forbidden Broadway. And they had a Marlon Brando doing like, I don't know why I get the song instead of Frank. Um, <laughs> That was, I, that was my takeaway. Yeah. Was, why is why is he, I mean, he's so handsome, but why is he singing so much? Well, it's, it's so funny when, because like, I was watching this movie, and you know Frank's, like, you can picture in your head Frank Sinatra singing Luck Be a Lady. You've heard him do it. He's recorded the song. It's like right. one of his signatures. So it's coming to this point, you're like, well, surely they're going to change the plot of the movie to let Nathan, because Frank Sinatra played Nathan. You're like, surely Nathan will sing Luck Be a Lady. He's standing right there. You can see him in the shot. Of course, he's going to sing it. Nope. Nope. They have Brando do it. Okay, so I'm, I'm less hard on Brando than you guys. Maybe just because I'm like a huge Brando fan, so I'm willing to forgive him like uh-huh. everything. <laughs> Here's Brando singing. Jeremy, this is not going to prove your point. Here's <laughs> Brando. Luck be a lady tonight. <laughs> My Luck be a lady tonight. What's his objective? Lucky if you've ever been Bright a lady children? to begin with. Luck be a lady tonight. Oh. He's like a little vibrato in there, you know, like. How nice a dame you can be. This is really funny. I like this. You guys, uh, Todd's face right now. <laughs> it's what's hard is there is no one, like, especially in this time, Marlon Brando is like perfection the way he looks he starts singing and (laughs) i don't know how crass i can be on your podcast but it's where my boner goes to die yeah yeah absolutely so mine too (laughs) too. Uh, (laughs) i love it 
<laughs> don't watch the movie, guys. <laughs> but I mean, if, if you don't have a stage version near you and like you just want to get you, see- oh, it's more fun to just read the script. Just read mm. the script. I guess that, that, script. if you have access to the script, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll email I like it to you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Cool. All right. Um. We want to talk about other numbers that we really enjoy. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would love to check in with Rocking the Boat. I know it's at the end of the show. Um, we haven't really done any sort of a rundown of the plot. Um, so there's two couples. <laughs> two couples. Yeah, I guess we spoil. I mean, let's yeah. That. Let's do that. Check in with that. Yeah, there's two. So there's Nathan Detroit, and these are all like sort of like gangsters, but more of like the they just like bet on horses and like like bet on dice. Like yeah. they're not actually doing <laughs> low stakes anything. gangsters. Yeah. yeah, low stakes gangsters. Um, Nathan Detroit runs a floating crap game, which is like. <laughs> Both more and less exciting than that sounds. It's just like they play dice in like different locations. It's kind of like that weird party we went to last night where they didn't tell us where it was until the Secret Loft party. Secret Loft DJed by our friend um, Remnik, Alex Remnik. DJ Remnik, way less exciting than that sounds. You guys are cool. Mm. I did laundry last night. (laughs) Are we? I don't know. But I mean, this is like the mo- this is like the only like cool like twenties like thing like, that I've done do in like my whole life. So I'm yeah. just gonna like hang on to that for years. Like I went to a loft party yeah. one time. All right, all right. Jerry <laughs> um, was like, I don't want to go. I said it's my birthday and you have to. Yeah. Like, okay. Hannah really twisted my arm. I and did. That, and then I twisted her arm to like record the next morning. Uh, yeah. Which so is here right we are. Yeah. I'm happy. You I'm guys don't look like you've been through anything. No, we're good. You look like refreshed. Oh, daylight savings. Yeah. That's what did it. Oh, we love it. Yep. Anyway, so the two couples. The plot. Oh yeah, yeah, the plot. So um. He has been uh, engaged for 14 years, I think, to Adelaide, and she wants to get married. He keeps putting it off. Uh, meanwhile, his buddy Sky Masterson is a uh, huge gambler, gambles on all sorts of things, and Nathan needs $1,000 to do his floating crap game. So he says, Sky, I bet you $1,000 that you cannot take this one uh, anti gambling. <laughs> Church woman to Havana, Cuba for a night. She's a general of the Save a Soul. Well, she's not a general of the Save a Soul mission. So she basically runs like a, like a little yeah. religious mission that's doing good works and bringing people to God. I would also argue, like in the same way that the gangsters are low stakes, I would argue that like her mission is sort of low stakes. Like they're not like crazy. Oh pious, yeah, you know? yeah. They're yeah. not. Yeah, they're not chasing the devil out of you or yeah. anything. Sorry. I'm apparently not speaking loud enough. I will work on it. <laughs> well, she's just saying everything to Todd because you're acting like a, uh, sorry, you're I'm acting, enjoying Todd's You're acting like a real human being. She's being so like, generous to the guests. <laughs> <laughs> like like you're like like talking to people yeah, into their faces when love, secretly you talk to people in the microphone. I'm just a supportive like, member of the ensemble. I, just, yeah. I love to throw focus. No, I, I can I can probably I can just turn up all of your parts. Great. Anyway, so okay, so etc. And And yeah, everyone is happily ever after. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, a lot of problems. Well, he bets he bets <laughs> Nathan bets Sky that he can't take Miss Sarah Brown to Havana with him. Very specific. So, uh, the only one whose life is we think is working well for in the beginning is Sky, right? Because he just made like sixty G's in Vegas, which in that time was a buttload of money. Yeah. Right. Um, and so he, but he doesn't like to lose a bet, so he ends up kind of falling for Sarah, and she ends up falling for him, and he takes her to Havana. And by the time he gets back, they've been having the crap game in the mission. So it's <laughs> one of those things how everything keeps bouncing off each other and continues to affect each other until the women decide to take over in the end. As they should. Yes. Yeah. And they <laughs> insist I mean, on a wedding. It's kind of weirdly, it, it seems like the men are the operators the whole time. Yeah. And then kind of... The, our, our, the moral of the show is when you let the women run it, we figure it out. <laughs> I think that that's a great takeaway. I support that. Um, I think that that makes a lot of sense. But I will always say with Guys and Dolls <laughs> that as well-conceived as every scene is, 
I feel like the very last scene yeah. was written the day of opening. Yeah. When they all got married. Well, it's just like, it's literally two pages where everyone's standing around and we're like, everything's great, yay! Yeah. And yeah. it's just, I mean, at least we sing the, the tune again, but like, yeah. it's a little bit nonsense. Yeah, how do you solve that on stage? <laughs> oh, You've probably um, seen it done successfully and not successfully. Well, we, so. we, in Josh Rhodes' production, we did it, what he did is he brought back some of the characters from Runyon Land and like, Adelaide entered on a cart that was had been throughout the show. Like, so there was like connections Stuff. from the beginning, but you can't rewrite the words. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, with a show like that, the audience has had such a good time. Right. They've just had Sound Rock in the Boat, Marry the Man Today, and now there's such goodwill coming your way right. that they're just happy for a happy ending. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it ties up in a nice bow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say. Yeah. yeah I, as long as like you open a show really well. You sort of people get on board quickly. I mean, if you totally go off the rails after that, then you might lose people. Yeah. I always say yeah. the opening of In the Heights is so good Ugh. that by the time we get to Inulti Useless, which oh, I think is a on. terrible <laughs> song, Ooh, we're still like on board. I'm like, I don't, I'm okay, I'm okay. The opening I like was so that good. Song. It's of like course, nice you do. to hear from that man <laughs> about his feelings. <laughs> yeah. Saying that he feels useless. It's true that yeah, he's but just like, translating but a word. People, that's yeah, people course. don't <laughs> translate their, like, if they're gonna speak yeah. in a language, they don't translate it. Right. Yeah, but he knows. But but Lynn knows that people are sitting in the audience who don't know any Spanish. So yeah, they have to translate. That's interesting. Okay, what's your favorite song in the Heights? Is it the opening? The opening it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, or I kind of like blackout, blackout. Black I like oh, yeah. that. Blackout, ninety-six thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the one that she sings. I'm gonna fly. <laughs> Good riffing. I like oh, the really riffing. Great. great, a great riff. <laughs> I don't know if this makes me common, but my favorite. Song, this isn't actually my favorite song, but I like when the the guy who sells the drinks. Yeah. Oh, Paraguay. Paraguay, yeah. Like now, do you guys recall? After when they had the Legally Blonde TV show, you're so young. They had a Legally Blonde <laughs> show we were when they were when yeah. they were searching for the new Elwood. I Woods. watched the yeah. Grease one. Isn't that before the Legally Blonde one? Nope. Oh, oh no. maybe I don't know. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Okay, yeah. so as they made a joke YouTube show that Seth Rudetsky and people made um, about looking for the new Paragua guy, it was called Legally Brown. I have seen that. Yeah. And oh my. I mean, but it was like that's funny. Yeah. And Hunter Bell from title of show fame, who we love, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is auditioning and can't say the Spanish words. Oh, so yeah. they're letting him say, ah, I see, ah, I see, <laughs> no, instead of <laughs> It's really funny. I love this. Okay, check Look that it out, up, please. Legally Brown. <laughs> so, I mean, me and Hannah were in high school at the time, and high school theater kids are like the most obsessive Yeah, people. that's true. So yeah, that's we were true. like yes. searching we were for, like, any, for it. any morsel of uh, theater-related content. You were in high school when In the Heights came out? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Excuse okay. me while I throw. Yeah. All right. All right. It's okay. It's okay. Now we're old. Um, um, I have a thought. I have a thought for you. I wonder, um, what would your dream cast for Guys and Dolls be? Oh, maybe think yourself. Of yourself. Myself. Playing Adelaide. Um, I assume. No. I, um, I don't know. It's. Uh, I don't know. That's hard. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking because you're talking um, about, uh, you know, casting competitions. I wonder if like a, um, oh, what's his name. Rob, uh, who's on tour with something Rob McClure? On. Rob McClure. Rob McClure, a Philly guy. Rob McClure might be a really good Nathan Detroit. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's quite Jewy enough. Sure. Um, and pardon me for saying that, but Nathan Detroit is written with a very kind of like Catskill, Borscht Belt Jewish humor. And if yeah. you don't acknowledge that, mm-hmm. you kind of, and I feel like that's where kind of Oliver yeah. Platt went off the rails. Sure, sure. Um, and Sinatra didn't. Really well oh, yes. no. yeah. 
But Nathan Detroit, I mean, can we talk about Sam Levine, who was Great. the original yes. Nathan Detroit, who was nearly tone deaf. <laughs> and it's why it's one of the few musicals where one of your, I mean, there's no part bigger in the show than Nathan Detroit. Correct. Nathan talks the entire show and does not sing. He sings a little of Sue Me. Mm-hmm. But there was a song um, at, the, at, at the end of scene one that he and Skye were supposed to sing, a duet, that Frank Lester, in, Frank Lester? Frank Lester insisted in keeping on in for so long because he loved it, but they were like, he can't sing. Like, the guy could not sing the song, but was brilliant. Right. So it's why they kind of, they shaped it around his talent, and it's weird to have a character this large that just doesn't, doesn't sing, sing that much. Yeah. I, mean, I guess I never thought about that, but that's true. Well, so, yeah. I guess let's play a little bit of Sumi. Sure. Uh, give, I like Sumi. Give the people what they want. Some music. Mm-hmm. You promised me this, you promised me that, you promised <laughs> oh, me everything good. under the sun, but you give me a kiss and you're grabbing your hat and I you're off this. to the races again when I think of the time. Uh, this is wonderful. I mean, we're not, we're not playing we're Sam Levine, but... Okay. Yeah, he's hitting his nose. Holler and hate me. Oh no. <laughs> hate me. Go ahead and hate me. I love you. Oh, she's great. Okay. Can we talk um, about how slow that tempo is? Slow, tempos back in like the golden age of Broadway were so slow, and now when we do these shows, we goose them so much. So like, if you, the Faith Prince one or the one I just did, she was like, "You promised me this. You promised me that. You promised yeah. me everything under the sun." And like, part of it is that the joke now is that her. She's so emotional that her thoughts are just spilling out so fast. Right. And Vivian Blaine was nobody when the mm. when the, the show that. opened. So um, it was like above the title were Sky, Nathan, and Sarah, and Vivian Blaine was down below with everybody else. And in fact, um, Stubby K, who was nicely, who was like one of the few people that was actually brought into the movie, was way down low in the billing. Because um, he was also nobody and was kind of made a star by Guys and Dolls. Well, it's uh, interesting to track. We've yeah. been talking a lot about these, like, the, the movie remakes of these um, these shows, which is much like what's starting to happen today with these, we should talk about, like, The Lion King, if we get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but, I'm excited for the But it's just Lion interesting King. to think about, like, I'm the scared. celebrity uh, tracks as, like, like that happened in the way careers It, it was really surprising in the movie how many people they kept. I mean, what yeah. they didn't keep, you know, like, Nathan or Sky, but... Uh, they kept sort of all of the ancillary characters. Um, mm-hmm. So Stubby K, I mean, he's like the guy. So let's play his original Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat Great. from the show, not from so the movie. Uh, so here you go. And you, you know this song, Sitting Down. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I dreamed last night I got on the boat to heaven And by some chance I had brought my dice along And there I stood And I hollered someone fade me but the passengers, they knew right from wrong. For the people all said, sit down, sit down, you're rocking a boat. People all said, sit down, sit down, you're rocking a boat. And the devil will drag you under by the sharp lapel of your checkered coat. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, you're rocking a boat. Right. He sings well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. especially for that time, for a character man of that time, mm-hmm. he doesn't just sing high, he sings well. 
Right. Although he stand, he stood still the entire song. <laughs> okay, I want to know about your rocking the boat. You've done it a lot of times. I'm sure you have a spin on it. I want, let's, I want to hear it. I want to well, hear it. I, I mean, it has to start like you're trying to convince. Right. Like, because you're putting on an act at that right. moment. Mm-hmm. But, oh God, this is so dumb. This, this is, is my nicely. Nicely is the only one in act two that knows what's going on. True. He doesn't yeah. talk that much in act two, but he's in every scene. So he's in the hot box in the beginning, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to deliver a message to Adelaide, and so he screws that up. And then he's in the more I cannot wish you scene, and he finds out what's really going on between Sky and Sarah. And then he's in the, the sewer, and he sees Sky lie to Nathan about not taking her to, to Havana. So I feel like he's kind of observing and learning lessons, and I think... I think nicely is ultimately changed. Mm-hmm. Not that the audience really needs to get this, <laughs> but as an actor, you're always trying to give yourself a journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but with my sound, you're rocking the boat. It starts as an act and then turns into something that you kind of convince yourself of. And uh, that, I mean, otherwise, it's just a number, right? Because it's like it's the epitome of an eleven o'clock number, but it kind of, I mean has nothing to do with the show, <laughs> kind of. I mean, there's a reason it's sung, yeah. but it has, it's not really moving the plot forward. So, like, I think as an actor, we're always trying to find a beginning, middle, and end for all these songs. So I do think that Nicely is changed by that song. I do think that Sarah is actually softened by the end of the song, mm-hmm. which is part of when she finds out that Sky lied about not taking her, then she runs off to find him. I think, I think a song that could... If in a bad production, could have nothing to do with the show. In a good production, right. people are changed by it. Right. I mean, it solves the problem, right? I mean, yeah. it pulls it off. They're, yeah. they're very stressed, then this fun song happens, and then yeah. they're, they're chilling. Is Nicely <laughs> the emotional heart of the show? Is that, no. Is that- <laughs> What's so great about the Nicely stories is he's like, they literally describe him as just people, someone that people have around because he's so fun. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, if you look at, like, when I'm looking at the show, I'm like, oh, everything I'm asked to do, I don't accomplish. Every time (laughs) Nathan gives me a job, I don't do it. Right. Um, But I'm just, like, a real good time, and they Mm -hmm. keep him around. There's a great story um, where it's Harry the Horse Mm -hmm. and Broadway, it was the character in, in the Runyon stories, are in Boston, and they meet this guy. They're like, he can eat anything. And they're like, I bet he can't eat more than Nicely Nicely. And they, like, challenge him to an eating contest. And then they can't find Nicely. And Nicely, they find him, and he's with this girl that won't let him eat. And so he's gotten real skinny. So then they find this fat woman who's going to enter the competition, and Nicely teaches her, like, trains her. And then he ends up up running off with the fat woman. And, like, these are these, like, Real charming stories that are totally benign. Do you carry that with you when you play nicely? I want to know. Does that come through? No, I mean, I think... Well, I think the nicely in the musical has to not be in favor of, like, having a relationship with a woman. Got it. Because Benny and nicely have to not understand why Nathan is, like, tortured by Adelaide. We're like, just let that be. I mean, I think we get, like, women. We're into women, but we don't want to be tied down to anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh... But I, I do take the like the good time guy, and that's why he's around. Because Benny's the only one that's a thinker. Right. That is yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Nice Benny's the one I would want to play. Yeah. If I was this. We, we, we sort of slack, uh, start slacking on the which role do we want to play Oh, game. yeah. I don't know. Which role do you want to play in this? I 
mean, probably nicely. Yeah. <laughs> the or other, maybe the one church lady who spanks herself. Maybe General Cartwright. Yeah. 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 The you'd be good at General Cartwright. Maybe yeah. General Cartwright. For me. You're a little young, but yeah. you'll get there. I'll get, get there, there soon. In the well, college like production of Guys in Dallas, when everyone production. is we young. We could do like yeah. some Ben Nye old age makeup yeah, on you. It'd be fun for me, I think. Um, the other hard part of Guys and Dolls is there's so many characters that talk. Yeah. And having done Guys and Dolls so many times, there's like a Lieutenant Brannigan who maybe has... 15 lines but they're important mm-hmm. and he like he is a problem for everybody in the show so like you have to have skilled actors in all these parts mm-hmm. and then you even you get to Arvide who is Sarah's grandfather who has More I Cannot Wish You which is a beautiful song mm-hmm. which has some lyrics that don't really make sense <laughs> with a sheep's eye and a licorice tooth yeah unclear <laughs> and I guess Frank Lesser has said that like it can mean whatever you want it to mean for you, but it's something that he used to say to his like daughter or his granddaughter or Aww. something. So, I mean, it's specific in that way. Yeah. Um, can we talk about yes. the most <laughs> Frank Lesser song, um, which is My Time of Day? Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, let's give it a listen. I, I did not know that was the most Frank Lesser song, but we're going to play it right now. Here we are. Yeah. If I... <laughs> My time of day. <laughs> the dark time a couple of deals before dawn when the street belongs to the cop and the janitor with a mop and the grocery clerks are all gone when the smell of the rainwashed pavement comes up clean and fresh and cold. Oh. That's my time of day. My time of day. And you're the only doll I've ever wanted to share it with me. So then that leads into I've never been in love before. And it's, I mean, that's 32 bars probably. Yeah. But it, it doesn't sound like the rest of the score very much. No, that's and, the one I skip. Interesting. <laughs> well, let's check what, it about it. But it sounds like The Most Happy Fella. Yeah. If you mm, know The Most Happy Fella. Yeah. That's the song that sounds like The Most Happy Fella. And they always say Frank Lesser wrote Guys and Dolls and How Succeed Those Hits so people would let him do The Most Happy Fella. Interesting. So, like, that's where, because he had, like, a little classical mm-hmm. bent to what he wanted to write. I mean, clearly, the guy could write a tune. Oh, There's yeah. not a bad tune in this musical. No. Um, but uh, I, 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 that is a little snippet of, like, what's to come from Frank Lesser. And it sometimes doesn't, if you don't have a really good sky, you can be like, what is what happening? Is this seems so weird. But um, I do think that's, like, a little special Trivia piece right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't really know most heavy fella at all. Do you, Hannah? Not really. Yeah. I, I know this. I know how to succeed because like those are the ones that everyone knows. But I never. Right. I mean, like my parents never, you know, played most happy fella. Like no, none of my schools ever put it on. It's I don't know. It was a passion yeah. project for him. Yeah. I mean, and he wrote it all by himself. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any collaborators. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did a really good one um, at City Center. With uh, Laura Benanti and um, Heidi Blickenstaff, and it was a really, a really good version of it. But um, it's a special show. It's a strange show, and it's kind of uncomfortable, and it's a little bit dark. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, other than like 
Green Willow, which is a flop. He didn't have Frank Lesser didn't write a lot of Broadway shows, which is too bad because mm. clearly the guy can write a tune. Such a good yeah. All right, I have another question for you. Oh, jeez. I feel like usually, um, you know, we come at this from an angle of, like, not from inside the shows, but since we have Todd, who's, like, really lived inside of you guys and tells... You should have had someone that played Gertie from Oklahoma. Gertie. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, well, no, I, I guess I'm curious about, um, like, approach to the show, both as an actor and as a vocalist. Um, and, like, I don't know, because it's an old musical... And you talk about like kind of how to keep it fresh and how to keep it popping and alive. Like, what's what's your, what, what's your approach, or what do you feel like is the approach to doing Guys and Dolls? Well, I think Does that make sense. Yeah, what, what I think yeah. that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the question around about way. What Great. I think Guys and Dolls did well in terms of the history of musical theater is it taught us that we can make a play, a musical play, and still have a damn good time. Mm-hmm. We can like go back to our comedy roots and still tell a fully integrated musical with characters that we care about. Because ultimately, we do really care. I mean, especially Miss Adelaide, yeah. we like fall in love with her. We really care about what happens to her. And she, in, on her first entrance, is the most preposterous character. And then we <laughs> fall in love with her. Um, so I think when you are approaching A Guys and Dolls, it's certainly elevated. It's not the way we are, and there's a whole language, almost Shakespearean, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, none, none of us talk the way they talk in these Runyon stories, because they were always trying to elevate themselves, mm-hmm. they all dress nice, and they all try to talk highfalutin, and they're all bad at it, which is part of the humor, mm-hmm. that they're, like, trying to use fancy language and not really achieving, but none of them know it, just the audience knows it. Um, these characters don't know they're ridiculous, right? right? Mm-hmm. They're still just, like, trying to get by day to day. And the comedy is really situational in that we have these characters that like are elevated but really want these things and they keep banging heads with each other. So to have our central love story between a guy who makes his money gambling and a woman that's trying to bring people closer to Jesus as your central love story has a lot of conflict but also yeah. a lot of inherent comedy to be mined from it. And like that's what real good situational comedy is, where we just have people that want things and they bang into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you have to find the style. You have to elevate yourself and find the style, but otherwise you just have to play the show for real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a certain like fun that needs to be had, but a Guys and Dolls that's making fun of itself is not going to work. Yeah. So you can't comment on it, essentially. Because we have to... I mean, it's... As we said, maybe before we turned on the microphone, it's a long show. Yeah. Yeah. It's about two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to care about people to spend that much time with them. Uh Uh And I thought, I think this really set the map for future musical comedies that we have to care. Because even if you get something as silly as the final thing happened on the way to the forum, which is a hilarious show, but it's really ridiculous. The first I Want song from Pseudolus is a song called Free, which is funny, but it's about a slave that wants his freedom. So as much as he's going to be ridiculous, we want this guy to be free. And it, this set up that we can laugh with in these shows, but we have to care if we're going to spend this much time with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone is so earnest in, yeah. in the show. Um, and I, I mean, I don't like the... like. I feel like a lot of shows are very cynical, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like like oh audience like like <coughs> get a get a load of these guys like like they know that they're in a Broadway show like let's just parody 
like yeah. bro in a lot of ways Broadway's become a parody of itself and I just love the earnestness of this show I think a lot of the shows we've been talking about the past couple weeks have had sort of like a cynical seediness to them you know what I mean like it's like true that we did Kate. just talk about Kiss Me Kate which Ugh. we just hate <laughs> you do yeah. we hate Kiss yeah well Kate. we don't like we don't like Taming of the Shrew <laughs> okay yeah. yeah which makes it hard and to we were like both sort of, I played Petruchio once <laughs> Taming of the Shrew and the whole time I was in it I was like why are we doing this show like, yeah. like but I mean no, I'm so the terrible music's great. Um, although um, getting back to our early conversation this is good I wanted to bring this up our main complaint about Brush Up Your Shakespeare was the tempo is so, so slow so slow Oh, and I, I guarantee in the revival they did it's it faster. faster. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to. Check well, so that the out. version we played was from like the 1999 revival, and it was still sl- I was I was surprised at how slow it was. Yeah. But it's also I mean that's Cole Porter. So Cole Porter yeah. was writing before the musicals were integrated. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So it that it must have been hard to teach that old dog new tricks. You mm-hmm. know, Frank Lesser was the new guard that was like coming and ready to change the world. And Cole Porter had always been writing for Broadway and suddenly had to change the way he was writing. And I'm sure that stuff was hard for him. I did uh, The New Yorkers at Encores last year, Mm -hmm. which was the most fun. But that show came out in 1930, and that show would change constantly based on who was available to be in it. And it's kind of like plot be damned, we're just going to have this kind of fun. And it was really, really fun. But you're not expected to care. The plot is an excuse for the songs. And um, where musicals became, the songs should serve the plot, which is kind of amazing that Guys and Dolls was written the way it was and yeah. still works out that way. So well. Yeah. And, and we talked a lot about this in our Annie Get, the gu- Annie get Your Gun. Annie Get the Gun. Because we can't example. When we were talking about like... Why, why, Annie, get the gun. Get the gun. <laughs> um, they both reached for the gun. Um, like, were they, how were they important to the future of Broadway? And we talked about how Oklahoma and Carousel sort of invented this new integrated musical play thing, and then mm-hmm. Annie Get Your Gun and Kiss Me Kate were like, you can do an integrated show and have it be a comedy. Anything you can do. Never mind. And those two, like, you know, they, they pushed it in that direction. They said, like, let's do an integrated show that's a comedy. But Guys and Dallas, I feel like, is really where it happens. Same with Any Get Your Gun. That's Irving Berlin. That's the old mm-hmm. guard. Yeah. You know, and people that, like, thank God for these guys. They were amazing. But, you know, you kind of needed the younger people to come on and, and take it on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Irving Berlin did a, a better job of updating himself than uh, Cole Porter did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, so Hannah and I are both uh, Annie Get Your Gun fans. And, we are. And, and we're both <laughs> so not, yeah. both not Kiss Me Kate fans. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're learning. We're just developing our niche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, so this has been tremendous. I'm wondering if we want to invite Todd into our rating. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm giving him whether you want me to or not. Yeah. So, so, so what we're gonna do, what we're gonna do for guest episodes, because I don't want this to be the last guest episode, is we're just gonna uh, add up all three of our scores and then like divide by three, multiply by two. You know, so like it, oh. so, it so so that okay. way theater people that do math. All right. um, I, I can't promise we're gonna have accurate numbers for you like during the recording of the podcast, but at some point in the future, we'll, like we'll see what we can do. But we that way, that way we can compare these scores against all the others, and it's not like we're just ignoring Todd's scores. No, we have a calculator. We we have, oh, we have a calculator. I will not be ignored. I will okay. not be ignored. <laughs> um, also, I have my little, like spreadsheet situation. Okay, awesome. It's not a spreadsheet. It's oh, just like cool. Well, while he pulls this up, any other? Um, oh, you know what I do want to do? Maybe we do it after the rating. I have a special question for Todd that has nothing to do with uh, guys at all. I have a question for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> As a, uh, uh, from a feminist standpoint, Please. what do you, how do you, what's your take on guys and dolls? I don't like the part where he gets her drunk when she doesn't know that she's Ooh, drinking. Oh, that's the one bad part. Yeah, it's like a little bit yeah. rapey. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, like. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's I, lying about what's in her drink, and I'm like, Ugh. it just doesn't hold up well. That's the one bad yeah. part. You of know the what's show. amazing though? Like doing it at the Old Globe in San Diego, people laugh. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's. I think that's the part that's trickiest for me. It's yeah. almost. It's uh, the honest uh, is. Onus, honest, onus yeah, yeah, is yeah. now kind of on Saren Sky to play that. Yeah, like she has to have come around a little bit more before then to make it mm-hmm. a little less yeah. rapey. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, you know, I mean, otherwise, I appreciate what you said. I think the play is conscious in a way of gender roles, right? We have like the men leading the charge, and then the women are sort of it at the end. Which you know, I appreciate. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only moment I think that like tweaks me out a bit. I mean, otherwise, I think it's. I mean, it's very yeah. old school gender it's roles. It's very old school gender roles, and, and that's just what it is. And it's like um, it's stuff that may seem like cliche now, but yeah. like this was kind of the beginning of yeah. doing that stuff, right? It's just bread um, and butter. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate yeah, the question. I, I appreciate sure. the question. I guess yeah. like the one one way to justify it is like I'm, you can't justify. It. Don't get anyone drunk without their permission. There's Never. no justification. Um, I guess he wasn't trying to like do anything sexual with her that mm-hmm. night. He like was planning to just sort of like hang out with her and then go back home is what seems right. to be the case. Yeah. So like it wasn't like sexual abuse getting her drunk. It was just like getting a there was just bad yeah, taking it, a yeah. fall You do kind of save yourself with the way he acts if we do this properly during If I Were a Bell. Right. Because she's the one that ends up getting a little sexual and he's the one he's that like, nope. stops it. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the you know, that's like the tonic. To because the, the whole thing yeah. is like, she actually has a fun, wild person inside of her. She's never let out. Right. And he is actually an honest to God, good guy. And yeah. has never really let that out. Right. Oh, that's a, a lovely way to kind of describe that, actually. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll ask my question that has nothing to do with guys and dolls after we do our ranking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. So now we each have to think of a score, one right. to 10, on how important time. was this? Okay. Oh, we've been going for like 40 minutes, so we're like, we're right, we're right on time. Okay. Oh, I said, okay, yes. Okay, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Oh, your time. Okay. Um, okay. So I've, let's sort of try to think of our own scores independently. Great. So first we're doing... Was it important? Was it important? How important was it? One through 10, which is, is deceptively hard. Because yeah. Because it doesn't really have to do with if we think it's important. Right. But it's sort of does. It's like, how important do we think it was? Yeah. What, what, like, did it affect the future of musical yeah. theater? Yeah. Um... I'll, I'll give it a 7.5. <gasps> that's what I was going to give 7.5? Our first time we've ever given someone the same score. <laughs> I, I think that's really non-true. It's true! I would not lie to the face. I'm, I'm, I can, see, a, I can see several instances right now. All right, okay. all right. Okay, Todd, okay, so what do you have? I'm going to go for a full 8. A full 8? Okay. I was thinking 8, then I was like, let me see. I was on the fence between 7 and 8, and then I was like, wait a second, we can do 0.5s here. Um, <laughs> you okay, started the 0.5s, though, didn't you? I did. Oh, I did. I did. I did. hey. I did start. I did start. We got a real listener here. Okay. The next one is, was it good? So this isn't just like, did people like it at the time? This is like, how good do we think it is compared to only the musicals that had come out before? Right. So this isn't the, is it good? This is, was it's like, it? was it good for its time? Yeah. But we're not just trying to like ape what like the reviewers at the time said. Like we can bring our own like so with Kiss Me Kate. Even though everyone loved Kiss Me Kate at the time, <laughs> we still that. gave it low scores for was it good? Because it's like okay, like we don't like right. it even compared to just the shows before then. Yeah. So, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. We're teasing out this rating system. As okay. We're doing try- as we go. We're learning. All right. <laughs> yeah. We sort of like added that shade to it to justify mm-hmm. giving low scores to Kiss Me Kate. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's true. It's um, true. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I know. I'm giving it. Yeah, me too. Why don't you go first, Todd? 
I'm giving it a 10. Great. Okay. I mean, yeah, as you should. Yeah. <laughs> as you should. You've dedicated a lot of your life to this particular No, but people show. love guys and dolls. Yeah, they do. And I decided I'm giving it a 9. Oh. I put that in your category. I was going to... Oh, maybe I should put mine higher. You don't have to change for you us. Do you, you do, do you. What were you going to do? do an 8.5. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay. My, my, my numbers are generally pretty low. Okay. Is that true? I think they are. Well, yeah. yeah. There was the Oklahoma fight about if this isn't a 10, what's a 10, what's a 10? Yeah. for importance. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do listen, you guys. Oh. I love this. <laughs> I've never been more flattered in my life. Okay, so now the big guy. So that, that's why I agree, like, this was, I mean, probably the best musical comedy of all time, but I'm just reluctant to give anything a 10 other than, like, Oklahoma and showboat i mean maybe this is at that level but i feel like a nine is close enough that i'm not going to beat myself up about the it. good thing about being a guest is i don't have to worry about oh, the no, future you, ratings yeah <laughs> at all. you can do whatever you want you can really screw us up here todd i'm just kidding, um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. okay is it good now i have a score okay yeah i mean yeah yeah go first yeah todd i will give my first 0.5 i'll give it a 9.5 okay hey you want to type all these yep i'm gonna type okay. this in um todd gives it a 9.5 i'm gonna give it a uh, a nine i think and Jeremy, what do you think? Seven point five. Whoa! I'm, Whoa! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's. I mean, it's like it's not a bad score. It's not. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not good. I'm doing a terrible job on Jeremy's keyboard, but that's fine. Um, I gave it a nine. Jeremy gives it a seven point five. I feel bad, actually, but I mean, no. I think you haven't seen a Good Guys and Dolls. That's, that's okay. True. You know he what? Hasn't. That's true. I've only seen the movie, and I enjoyed it, and like I enjoyed it to a seven point five level, and I've listened to the soundtrack a bunch of times, but I have not seen it live. Listeners. Do not watch the film of Guys and Dolls. Frank Lesser doesn't even like the film of Guys and Dolls. It does not represent Guys and Dolls. You heard it here. 7.5 is one of the higher scores I've given for Is It Good. Is that true? Um, I'm, I'm just looking. I think I gave... It might even be my best score for Is It Good. All right, so I added them all up. I'm dividing by three. Uh, and then multiplying times two. Yes, that's exactly what you're doing. So if it has a... Uh, 51 is that outrageous? 51 total no that's so. tied wait hold on that's tied that with wrong. Oklahoma for <gasps> first place uh oh, oh. I am throwing off the ratings oh, I throwing love this. off the ratings <laughs> I, I, I've been wanting to knock I've been secretly wanting to knock Oklahoma <laughs> off it's high horse you know, it's not knock it's tied and, and, and you know what everyone's uh, giving me crap for giving a 7.5 I just checked that is the highest score I've ever given a show for is it good all right. So this okay. is my favorite musical. Yeah, I'm just saving the top scores for like the 70s and 80s. Okay, heard. That's okay. just where I'm. That's where okay. I am. That's Val- where I am. Um, okay. So now is the time. That you can ask me a question. When I asked you a question about now is the time from Cinderella, <laughs> <laughs> I've been planning this. <laughs> yeah, what's the deal with it? We want to know. We were okay. So here's the real. Here's the tea, Todd. Here's the tea. We were talking about you last night. Okay. <laughs> we were talking about you last night. Um, uh, to my partner Bailey, we were like trying to explain who you are, and um, we realized you're now is the time guy from Cinderella. I'm not on the recording. You're not on the recording. Okay, right. but but that's but yeah. that was the that was the most recent thing. Yeah. Um, my, my most recent Broadway was your most recent Jean Michel. Jean Michel, and then we started to do some more. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. No, I didn't. We see started it. to do some reading, and we 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 learned about now is the time, and that's that's I'm gonna toss it to you. I want you to uh, if you if you wouldn't mind commenting. Uh, now is the time. Um, well, when they did this Cinderella, obviously Cinderella was like an 80-minute TV film um, starring Leslie and Warren and then later starring Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. So to expand it into like a full Broadway musical, they had to add songs. So most of the songs that were added were cut songs from other Roger and Hammerstein shows. So now is the time was cut from South Pacific, and I believe it was the 
early version of You've Got to Be Carefully Taught. Oh. We were wondering why. We're like, why? But <laughs> let's be honest, okay? I'm going to, like, I'm revealing. Here we okay? go. Here we go. It's not a good lyric. It's mm. not. And I... Uh, it's oh, So I remember my first day with the music director, who I adore. Uh-huh. I sat down with him and I said, so these lyrics. Uh-huh. Because sometimes when you're working with a team and you can acknowledge the shortcomings of a piece, then you can mm-hmm. talk about overcoming them. Right. So I said, so these lyrics. And he said, so well crafted. <gasps> and I said, okay, so okay, we can't so talk we about can't this. Talk about that. Um, but here's how I justify it. Because I think, honestly, it was kind of a dummy lyric. Mm-hmm. And a dummy lyric is what you write before you do your final version. It's kind of a placeholder. Um, until you like the lyricist like gets the good idea, um, and I think they just had dumped the song before they had perfected it. The reason I justify it is because Jean Michel is not good at what he's trying to do. He's trying to speak for the peasants and get everybody on his side, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's not good at it. And clearly, he's not good at it because he ends up losing all of their attention. Right. So the reason he speaks in kind of these like vague terms is because it's just it's not his mm-hmm. best skill and he kind of gains skill and confidence throughout the show that was my journey that was your journey can we, can we play out with now is the time oh <laughs> lord I don't think we're going to be able to find your ver- it's your version online no it okay. might be somewhere but oh man would that the be the worst time. if we did that to you <laughs> my original plan was just to say now is the time a lot throughout the podcast <laughs> Be like now is the time where we, um, but I I, I, oh, I there's, no, there's no recording from you. I also looked up uh, guys in Dallas recordings with you and them before. Oh, oh that's there's fun. a few of them. That's fun. Oh well, we'll have to get those later. I can't even find it on YouTube. Yeah, well, you maybe think we'll we be find an original it. cast maybe recording. You find it's it. Maybe do some research and that's our plan. We know, our music. next episode we're gonna do is South Pacific, so we can play it in the context of this was gonna be in South Pacific. That's fun. So we'll get that's it for fun. you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks for humoring me. I just that was what I wanted to check in about. Can I, here's a quick guys and dolls story. So okay, I went to the University of Michigan for musical theater, and um, my best friend is Celia Keenan Bolger, and <gasps> we we for our sophomore evaluations <gasps> so did the scene and song of Sue Me. So after you do your sophomore evaluations, you then meet with the different faculty members and they kind of give you the evaluation. So we had been meeting with different faculty members and everyone was like, oh, you guys were so great. You were so funny. And then I met with the head of the department and he said, let's see, what did you do for your scene? And I said, um, guys and dolls. And he said, nope. And I said, yeah, we did guys and dolls. And he said, Todd, that was not Guys and dogs. He did not like what we did. Well, then you, uh, you really showed him. Yeah. You really showed him. Is, is, is your, has your entire career trajectory been you like attempting to prove <laughs> I'm trying to take that guy's nose. We saw Celia Keenan Bolger, then I'm still upset about her dis- her disappearing into that couch in, the, oh, in the Glass Menagerie. Glass Menagerie. Yeah, she was yeah. so good in that. Yeah, God, she was good. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, that was an upsetting moment. Yeah. <laughs> I measure all things against like that. <laughs> <laughs> disappearing in the couch. Anyway, um... Great. All right. All right well, any, any last words anyone's got? Any last got? words? Um, Jeremy has a little... Pl- okay, there it is. There I, I, do, I read my plugs at the yeah. end. Um, oh. It's been so good to have you. You guys, yeah. thanks for having me. This yeah. is such a this dork. Is, this, this is so fun. Great. This is like the best episode yet. Yeah, this, this is, is so exciting. It's been a pleasure. Um, 
All right, everyone listening out there, if you really enjoyed this episode, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot of new people who are just, you know, like listening to this on the internet. So if you want to subscribe to Broadway Binge, uh, you can do it on any podcast app on your phone or anywhere. You can get each episode when it comes out. You can find all of our episodes along with some links and pictures at our website, broadwaybinge.podbean.com. Or you can check us out on Twitter at Broadway underscore binge. That's how this whole thing happened. I made this Twitter account and followed literally everyone on Broadway um, <laughs> in the hopes that one of them would be like, oh, it that's works. interesting. It works. <laughs> and then Todd slid into my DMs. I think, I think that's the thing. He's like, hey, put me on the show. So that's how this happened. Sliding into your DMs sounds really Not dirty. This. Yeah. Not this. Um, yeah. Oh, also, and this is, there's a post about this on, on the website, but I made a Spotify listen along playlist with. Oh. Um, Fun. With like all the songs that we play on the show and talk about, you can go to this one playlist. You can find it on broadwaybinge.podbean.com, okay. and you can like subscribe to the playlist, and it has all of your favorite great, songs Jeremy. from the first, from like all the episodes. So um, there you go. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Oh, I mean, you can follow me, yeah, at Todd Bonapane or Instagram at Todd Bonapane. <laughs> um, that's B U O N O P A N E. Good bread in Italian. Um, and if you check out tabonapani.com, you can see uh, some of my Say on Your Rock in the Boat from the Old Globe. Oh, it's in the videos. Oh, we should have done it. Oh, oh no, too we'll late. Out. We should play out with it. We'll play out with it. Oh, we'll play out. Perfect. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, All right, and in closing, is Tina Fey fun to work with? She's the best. Great. She's, like, every time I came to set, whether I was working with her or not, she would come give me a hug. That rocks. That set was so lovely because I knew how lucky they were to be there. Cool. Because they weren't getting ratings, but they were winning awards, so NBC couldn't cancel them. <laughs> yeah. All right, great. Thank you. Yeah. This would have been a sad end to the podcast if you were like, let's be honest, I had a terrible time. <laughs> 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 that would have been rough. <laughs> but uh, okay, great. Thanks, right. Todd. Yeah, thank Thanks, you. guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs> I dreamed last night I got on the boat to heaven. And by some chance I had brought my dice along And there I stood and I hollered, someone fade me But the passengers, they knew right from wrong For the people all said, sit down Sit down, you're rocking the boat Sit down, you're rocking the boat. And the devil will drag you under by the sharp lapel of your checkered coat. 